Welcome back to Tom Girl. I missed you guys, but I hope you had a wonderful spring break and we're going to get right back at it. So we're back at Tom Girl where we talk all things sports, entertainment, fashion, and adventure. And today we have model, Refinery29 host, and women in STEM advocate, Darren Dean. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz all right, so happy to be back at it. Hey guys, I'm JJ Jurgens, and tonight I have an amazing Tom girl, Darren Dean. Welcome, Darren. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> me too. I was telling you before that I was so excited when I was researching you because I was just going down the line and it was like one thing after the next. It was just like yes. Tom girl, Tom girl. Oh, we're going to talk about exactly. that, that, that. I know. It totally fits our brand. Right? Yeah, I, I love it. It's amazing. So this is going to be great. Yeah. Um, let's first start talking about your modeling career. Yes. Um, how did you get started in modeling? Yeah, so that's kind of funny, actually. Actually, my mom, um, being the wonderful stage mother <laughs> that she is, and I say that with a with a very um, endearing tone because um, I I feel like she just knew um, just knew that I could do something like this, and I you know never even thought you know this was in the realm of possibilities for somebody like me. So, anyways, um, Torrid it's a it's a plus size brand. They have like a model search every year. So when I was a senior in high school, before I went to college, I was like, oh, mom, you know they're having a modeling contest. That's funny. That'd be funny if I joined. And she's like no, you have to join. Like, you have to enter. Um, so I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to tell anybody else about it. I'm just going to join, um, you know, pretty much only tell my mom, not tell my friends, because this could be embarrassing if I lose. Um, so anyways, I entered and I ended up being one of the winners. Um, and I got flown to LA to do like a runway show. Um, and from that, uh, my first agency saw my photos. and They're like, hey, we want to sign you. So I was like, Okay. Um, and pretty much ever since then, that was like 2009. Ever since then, I've been modeling. So. And and you're with a different agency now. Yeah. So I'm with yeah. So I'm with an agency in LA, Natural Models LA. They're absolutely amazing. The founder, she also um, is is a plus size model, and her whole thing is healthy is the new skinny. Um, so we have models ranging, I think, from like six to twenty. So we have basically the full spectrum mm -hmm. of of women um, at our agency, which I think is awesome. And we have all different um, backgrounds and ethnicities. So it's it's really great to be part of an agency that really sort of you know en encompasses you know what what a woman is and all different types of women. Mm -hmm. It's great. Talk about your process along the way from that first agency yeah. to this one and then kind of finding your like footing and your style in this world. Yeah, honestly, it was really hard because when I first signed, I was a teenager. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like I'm going to get signed and I'm going to like then be on runway shows every single day. And that's not how it works. Um, and I, th I think for me, because I just like didn't even know what I was doing, didn't really know about the industry at all. I was pretty lost. I was pretty <laughs> lost for a while. I'm not going to lie. And um, I think it's important to note that, you know, not everybody in this industry has um, has the, you know, right motives, I'll say, you know, this isn't yeah. this is an agent or, or, you know, this is an industry where people want to make money and they need to make money off of you. Um, and they will, even if it's at your expense. So I will say that, you know, I definitely have worked with people who didn't have my best interest in mind. Um, and that was pretty hard. But I think after a couple of years of, you know, learning the industry and learning how it works and the ups and downs of it, um, and I think also staying true to myself. So I'm, I'm sure you know, um, with any any sort of um, entertainment, whether it be modeling, acting, anything like that, there is this huge emphasis on, well, how many followers do you have? Yes. And um, the best way for a girl to get followers is to, you know, be more scandalous in her pictures. Mm -hmm. And that's just not my personality. Mm -hmm. Like, I've literally had pictures where I'm like, okay, 
this is this would probably get me a lot of likes but i'm like if i post this this wouldn't be me this wouldn't be darren yeah. um so i've really stayed true to myself and um you know, if you go to my Instagram, there's not really anything like that because that's just, you know, I post what I want when I want. I don't post for for other people's pleasure, basically. I, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 for me. Um, and I think because of that, it's been sort of like a slow sort of, um, you know, push forward. But because of that, I've I've been able to find agencies and agents who sort of fit who I am, um, which I think is really, really great. Mm-hmm. Like I. I think when I, um, before I got signed to Natural, I found her like Instagram or, or her Facebook and her, her whole thing was healthy as a new skinny. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, yes, obviously. <laughs> like, and, and health can mean so many different things and it can look, um, you know, so different from person to person. So I was like, that's something I want to be a part of because that is totally something that I'm into. And from that, um, I've, I found, you know, a, another agent who, um, she started the company on her own and this, this is my, um, this is my commercial agent. So she started the agency on her own. So it's a really small agency and she's not really into sort of the politics and stuff of the entertainment industry. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's also something Mm -hmm. that that I'm into, you know, that, you know, I don't like the politics of it. I just want to work. That's it. And then from, from her, she had a friend who started a different agency for theatrical, same thing. She started her own agency because she didn't like how things were going. Um, and she also doesn't like the politics of it. So just staying true to myself, I think, has really helped me to find the right avenues as far as agents and stuff. Um, and I think it's it's hard because you see other people getting ahead mm-hmm. by um, basically selling themselves out a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I... Um, you know, that I stayed true to myself because mm-hmm. I feel like I have found people who really care for me as as a human being and also want me to do well in this industry. So it's definitely been um, been a long road. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, like I said, staying true to myself and, you know, what what I believe in has has really helped me to find the right people, which I think is huge yeah. in this industry. And how did that feel when you knew, like, I'm sure that was difficult at the beginning, like, not yeah. no, like, oh, if you do, maybe did those other things, you might have got followers faster. But then knowing, yeah. like, okay, I stuck with what I really believe in, and now th- these doors are opening in, in ways that I, I can get behind and I believe in. Exactly. I think, um, well, I mean... I think the main thing is that at the end of the day, you're the only person that can go to bed and be like, I feel good about myself and what I'm doing and what I'm putting out in the world. Um, and I can do that every single night and know that, yes, mm-hmm. this is this is me. I'm not confused about what I stand for, about what I mean, about what I put out there. Um, and that feels amazing. And, I, you know, I think that there's so many people. It's so easy in this in this industry to sort of want to sell yourself out or want to sort of follow the trends. But then, you know. The trends change all the time. Mm-hmm. So, are you just going to keep changing for everybody else? You're going to stay true, f- you know, to yourself, and you know, let the industry come to you. Mm-hmm. And that would be all my right. biggest advice to people who are trying to get into like acting, modeling, anything like that. Is stay true to yourself because what you bring to the table is going to be completely different from what anybody else can. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly trying to follow those trends, um, you're not going to be able to show people those really amazing things about yourself that nobody else has. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. from a business perspective, what kinds of things do you do to help further your career? Do you wait for your agents to do things, or do you like are you out seeking work yourself and bringing things to them? Yeah, so I, I let my agents do it because I know that they are you know the experts in that. If there's really somebody that I'm like, hey, you know, this is you know really somebody that I want to work for and somebody that I you know think that we would mesh, um, I'll I'll tell my agent and then they can push me. Um, but as far as, you know, emailing places myself, I don't really do that. I know that there are a lot of models that do do that, 
But again, um, a lot of times companies want to see how big your following is because mm -hmm. if they post your picture and tag you, um, or if you post a picture, you know, in their clothes and tag them, they want to know how many people are going to see it. I don't have a lot of followers because mm -hmm. I, again, I'm, I don't really care about that. It doesn't make me feel good about myself. So, um, you know, I, I just saw my agents do that. I just let them handle it. Mm -hmm. that, that's why I have them. I'm like, I trust you. And, um, you know, I have really amazing agents and people behind me. So I, I trust them to do all that hard work. <laughs> and they've done a great job because you've yes. had some great clients yes, like Kohl's, JCPenney. Mm -hmm. Talk about some of your clients that you've worked for. Yeah. So my first ever client was Bonton. And that's basically like a department store in the Midwest. Um, I've worked with Kohl's. I've worked with JCPenney. Um, I've done a couple campaigns for JCPenney, which was awesome. I've worked for Walmart. Um, and then most recently I worked for Nike, which was yeah. huge. That's like That's like the... The very, I mean, when I first started modeling, I was like, okay, that's who I want to work mm -hmm. for. That's who, who I want to work for. And it was kind of cool how I got it because um, as a model, you know, you go to all these different castings and, you know, you never get it or or you go to the same casting. Like I've, I've been to a Nike casting probably th three or four times. And this one, I didn't even go to a casting. Mm -hmm. um, my, my agents were like, okay, send us a video of you running and send us a video of you stretching or whatever. And then, you know, yeah. that same day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that same day, they're like, OK, they want to book you for two days. So I was like, OK, I'm not. Same really, day. Yeah. That's I'm like, I don't yeah. know how that worked, but I'm not going to question <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah. So sometimes, you know, you can go to castings for the same company a couple of different times. And, you know, for some reason or another, there's a different producer. There's a different, you know, somebody involved that, you know, sees you and you fit, you know, whatever vision that they're going mm -hmm. for. So that was huge. That was like that's like the coolest thing that I've done so far. What was the shoot like for this? Yeah. So that was that was really cool. So the running picture outside, we got to go to Griffith Park, um, which if you're not in L.A., that's just a really huge, pretty famous park in L.A. So that was cool. Um, and then for the yoga shots, we were actually in a studio kind of near downtown. Um, so it was really cool to be around. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and we had a bunch of different girls that that shot that campaign as well. And they were ranging in sizes, too. So we had like straight size, which if you don't know, that's I think zero to two maybe four and plus size is anything six and above which to me it sounds crazy but yeah yes. six and above is Just considered crazy. plus size so whatever that means to you <laughs> um but yeah so we had a bunch of range of sizes as well which was cool um to see that you mm -hmm. know you don't have to be um you know 130 pounds and like yeah. and like ripped to you know to be fit and to be healthy and and to work out so to see that being promoted um, that's really huge because I've always been plus size but I've always been active mm -hmm. um and you know before semi-recently, I would think, um, you know, this this type of body wasn't sort of seen as, oh, she she definitely can't be athletic. Oh, she definitely can't, you know. And it's crazy to me. It's so crazy because, you know, I have so many friends, too, who I played basketball with whose bodies don't look like the typical athlete or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. So um, it's really cool to sort of see that slowly change to, you know, all different types of bodies can mm -hmm. be can be athletic and, and can work out. So mm -hmm. it's cool. Let's talk about your athletic oh, background gosh. a bit. Which I thought I thought she had to be pumped to be on Nike because growing being yes, an athlete all your huge. life, like that's been one of the biggest yes. we've seen their campaigns for years and how yeah. they have like included women and grown through their advertising yeah. and stuff. So you, that had to just be an incredible. Moment. Yeah, no, it was it was really awesome. I think because when I was younger, I I definitely was a tomboy and I literally wore like basketball shorts and t shirts to school every single day and probably like head to toe. Nike. So, um, you know, to 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 be picked to be on a campaign for for them was so huge because I've been, you know, a, a consumer, first of all, for a very long mm -hmm. time, but also somebody that, um, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete like I, I, I have have considered myself an athlete for a very long time. And, um, you know, for them to sort of put out that, 
different bodies, again, can be athletes and can be healthy and can be active um, is so huge. And I, I only wish that I would have seen an ad like that, you know, when I yeah. was little and I was like, well, wait, there's something wrong with me. Like I'm a lot bigger than my friends. I'm a lot bigger than my sisters. Um, so I, I hope that, you know, seeing me or seeing another mm -hmm. plus size woman um, or, or, you know, somebody that's shorter or taller than what, you know, the typical model looks like. Hopefully girls that are seeing that um, are like, you know what? I can do that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can also be an athlete. I can also do what she's doing. Mm -hmm. You said um, you said that playing a college sport is one of my proudest accomplishments because such a small percentage of people do it. And I stuck with the dream, even when people said I couldn't. Tell me about that. Yeah. Being a college athlete and, you know, you know, because you told me that you played basketball, it's it's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to play a sport because, you, you know, you're expected to give 110% to that, but you're also expected to give 110%, um, you know, in your schoolwork too. Um, that was really, really hard. And, um, you know, whatever level you compete at, it's going to be difficult, whether you play at a community college, whether you play at, you know, at a four-year school or, you know, if, if, if you're a graduate student, it's going to be hard no matter where you go. And um, again, there's not a lot of people that are able to complete both. Um, so, you know, being able to say that, yes, I was a college athlete and yes, I also got my degree as well at the same time uh, feels really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but not only just a degree, oh, you gosh. were studying biology as well, <laughs> yes. which is no cakewalk. <laughs> yes, yes. I uh, I studied bio. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. I was crazy <laughs> to think that I could somehow manage my time like that. But yeah, um, bio is hard because there's so many labs and mm -hmm. labs are like three, four hours long. Um, and not only that, but obviously the content is, you know, pretty difficult. Um, you know, I would consider myself pretty smart, but also it's hard when you don't have a lot of time to study. Um so yeah, I, I again, I look back and I'm like, hmm, how did you? How did you? <laughs> did you sleep? Yeah, was it a lot of caffeine? Mm -hmm. um, you know, but somehow I got it done. And I think you know, all all the kudos goes to my, you know, t I mean, mainly to my mom for teaching us work ethic. Um, you know, when you start things, you finish them. I think having that mindset and you know learning that when I was really really young helped helped me a lot in my mm -hmm. adult life with mm -hmm. pretty much everything that I do so. and how has being able to manage your time like that between practice and school yeah. and how what how has that helped you now with your career yeah so it has helped a lot um, I would say I mean right now I'm actually in nursing school so I don't have a lot of time but I also have my show and um, and I also, you know, model too when I have time. So knowing how to manage your time um, is huge, I think, in any industry that you're in, but especially when you um, are in an industry where you don't have time and things can be last minute. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I've, I've definitely learned a lot of life skills, I would say, by playing a sport and also, you know, finishing my degree. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite moments from being on the team in college? Oh, man, so many. Well, OK, so my freshman year of college, I actually went to the East Coast and that's where I met my best friend. So that was by far my favorite moment um, of my freshman year. And then after that, I transferred to school back, you know, towards home in, in Portland, Oregon. And my I believe it was my second two years that we went to the NCAA tournament. And that was that's been my goal ever since I was little to go to the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. So um, I think those are my favorite moments. But also, um, you know, when you're part of a team like that, those people become your family for the rest of your life. So um, I'm, I'm still in contact with a lot of the people that I played with um, and I see them, uh, you know, whenever I go home. So 
um, having that lifelong friendship that's I mean it's really like a family mm-hmm. is um, something that you can only get when you when you play sports um, and yeah I definitely don't take that for granted that's huge mm-hmm. there's also you know I think sometimes as, as great as college sports are yeah. sometimes there are some downtimes too I think like you talked a little bit about when you went to the East Coast it wasn't necessarily working out for you yeah um, but you stuck it out and yeah. you waited and, and came yeah. after the end of the year. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, I, I say that's like my dark year. <laughs> that's my dark we year. We all got them in college. Um, there's something yeah, that happened. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, so if you, if you went to college, you know there's like a little bit yeah. of a dark period at some point in time. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, so I am from Washington, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave Washington. This place is too small. I'm going to go to the East Coast as far away as I can. Um, so my mom, me, and my younger sister drove across country, and, you know, everything was great. And then, you know, when it was time for them to leave, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm <laughs> literally on my own now and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so not only that, but I, I felt at that particular school, I didn't really fit in that well. So I felt pretty isolated besides my best friend that I had there. Um, and that was a pretty new feeling to me because I had always I didn't really have issues making friends. You know, I, I, I have been, you know, part of band, part of basketball, soccer. So I had tons of friends in, in high school. Mm-hmm. So this was a pretty new feeling to me. And not only that, but my my family was so far away and they're like my lifeline. Like my mom and my sisters are like my lifeline. So it was it was definitely a struggle. Um, but again, um, you know, my mom was like, OK, you can finish this out like you can do it. This is not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Like you look back on this and you'll be like, OK, that was no big deal. Um, yeah. So I finished I finished out that year. And, and you know, I'm definitely glad that I did, um, you know, because it gave me time to think about where I actually want to go to school and, you know, what I actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I was able to choose a, a school that, you know, when I got there, I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for in a school. So, yeah, it was definitely a hard time mm-hmm. for me. But um, like I said, I met my best friend there and she is also one of the reasons why. Um, I somehow made it out of that unscathed, <laughs> I would say. Um, so her, along with the support of my family, obviously helps a lot. Um, but yeah, just just you know, learning how to stick things out when it gets mm-hmm. a little tough. That's that's a. I mean, that's going to happen to you yep. no matter what part of your life you're in. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad that I you know took that in stride and um, you know know how to deal with hard things when they mm-hmm. come at me. So yeah, that's what I think's great because it's you know you could have left or you know not not exactly. finish it out, but it's like those are when you do learn a lot about your character and your soul yeah. and like what you have. Yeah, in there. exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little. You brought up your mom. Yes, I, I love that you. Um, so you grew up in a small town. Yes, Brush Prairie, Washington. Brush, yeah, it just sounds like a little small a, country yeah. town with cows crossing the road, and it is. And I want to see it. So you, you had, you were on an acre, multi-acre. Yeah, yeah. Yet? So my my mom has about two acres, um, and we've had pretty much any animal you can think of. We've had like chickens, cows, horses, all that kind of stuff, dogs, cats. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've experienced the farm life, you could say. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, when I was really young, the internet wasn't like a huge thing yet. It was still the dial up where it had, you know, you took 10 minutes just to get on. And once you're on, <laughs> what do you even do? So, uh, my mom would kick us out of the house a lot and be like, you know what, go outside, like leave me alone. So we had to like make up our own fun basically. <laughs> and, you know, living on that much land, there's a lot of things to do. I loved catching bugs, frogs, like any animal I could catch and just like hold. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, in my family, it's been known, you know, if you if you see an injured animal, you bring it home when you nurse it back to health. So a lot of that happened at my mom's house uh, to her to her dismay, probably that we'd bring in all these wild animals to her house. Um, but that was so, so fun. And I think that um, 
you know, being outside definitely helped me to sort of explore this um, this love for science and, you know, things mm-hmm. around me and, you know, the curiosity of what what's happening in the world around me. I think that really helped to sort of nurture that inside me and probably, you know, was the main reason why I wanted to, to study science when I was older. Mm-hmm. And you were yeah. saying, too, that it was how you kind of relate to being a tom girl because you yes. didn't want to be inside, like, playing, just maybe playing with dolls. Yeah, exactly. Or I wanted was, to be out getting dirty. Yes, and, exactly. I, I loved climbing trees. You know, I, I love being dirty. I love riding four-wheelers. Um, I, so I think that, that also helped me to sort of, you know, get a little tougher. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't too into like the girly stuff. I have three sisters and they were all into, you know, dressing up. Let's do a little fake fashion show. <laughs> let's do this. And I would just stand on the sideline and be like, this is so lame. Like, <laughs> let's, go, let's go do something. Let's go do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So having three sisters that were into that, um, you know, was a little harder because I didn't really relate to a lot of things that they were into. Um, but... Yeah, it was it was still it was still a ton of fun. And I mm-hmm. think um, growing up with three sisters as well was quite interesting. Um, you know, fighting over clothes, fighting over hair straighteners, fighting over all this stuff. But we're we're close now. But um, yeah, I, I definitely miss those times of just, you know, being forced to go outside and make your own fun. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, anything you want, you know, you can get it with, you know, one click of your phone. Yeah. So things are a lot different now, you know, and I see. Um, you know, parents that are giving their kids iPads and all this stuff, which is totally fine. You know, times are changing. But I'm like, wow, like, what would it have been like if I wasn't forced to go outside? If I could just stay inside and, you know, watch watch a movie or do mm-hmm. this or do that. But that literally wasn't an option when I was younger. And I'm kind of thankful for it. Yeah, me too. We grew up with like, I think we had an hour a day we could be on a yeah. screen or so. And that yeah. maybe even been a half hour. I think that until we got older. But same thing. I feel like we were always out at the lake doing, you know, making forts, being out there. And oh, I, I yeah. do look at kids now too. And I'm like, gosh, I'm grateful to have grown up in that time Yeah, too, I know. And, and, I, and, and, you know, there wasn't like on demand. It was like if you wanted to watch something, it was probably on a VHS. <laughs> yes. So you have to rewind it. You know, there, it's mm-hmm. just it's just a lot. It was a lot harder to mm-hmm. to, you know, have have that screen time. And now mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. So I'm thankful. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, my gosh, oh, I, I do that go. every week. Oh I usually do that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm definitely thankful that I grew up in a time where, mm-hmm. you know, that literally wasn't an option. I, I feel like I learned a lot. Your mom also put you into everything. You did yes. all kinds of bands. Oh, yeah. So tell us about all the different things that you did and yeah. what you learned doing all of those. Yeah. So she pretty much allowed us and also probably kind of forced us to try everything. I had piano lessons. I did art lessons. Um, I, I was in band. I tried every single sport you can imagine. Um, and I did dance for a while. Um, and you know, I, I think her mentality is, okay, let's try all this stuff and a couple things will probably stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it did. And it definitely did because, um, when I was in middle school, I, I started playing in band and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I also loved playing soccer and playing basketball. So those were the couple of things that like really stuck. And so, um, high school, I, I switched to saxophone and I played saxophone all four years of high school. I was in jazz band and wind ensemble. Um, marching band, pet band, and it was so fun. Like, and, and you were in band too, so mm-hmm. you know, like the band culture is so yep. different from <laughs> any sort of sport culture. And like, I can't even explain, um, you know, without going on forever, what the band culture is like. Like, if you're in <laughs> band, you know what the culture yep. is like, and it's so different and it's so fun. Yeah. Um, but then I also had like my my sports families. You know, I was mm-hmm. I, I I played soccer, I played basketball, so I also had you know that outlet as well, um, and. Um, you know, she also cultivated me, me and, you know, and my sisters to do well in school as well. Um, she, which, you know, maybe this is 
kind of shady parenting, but um, she would say, okay, for every A you get in class, I'll give you like $5 basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're motivated by money because how else do you make money, yeah. you know, when you're 15 years old? Um, you know, so that was big too because that helped me to work hard in classes, even mm-hmm. classes that I wasn't very good at. You know, I'm not good at history. I'm not that good at English. Um, that helped to motivate me to do well in school as well. So, um, yeah, so those... Um, you know, I I think having her sort of put us into everything and try everything out mm-hmm. um, really helped us to sort of, you know, find our avenue and find the stuff that we liked. And not only that, but she, you know, whatever it was that we chose to do, she supported us a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so even at, at school, if somebody called me a band or whatever, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Like, this is fun. You know, my mom thinks it's cool. So I'm going to stick with it. And um, and I think that's an important thing for people to learn. And it's it's hard when you're that young because when you're that young, you're, you're mainly influenced by the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard when people are calling you names and stuff like that. But um, another thing is being surrounded by the people that, you know, don't call you names. So, I mean, the people that are in band, they're band nerds, too. So they're not going to call you a band nerd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same, same um, you know, with your athlete family, they're not going to call you names for playing sports. Um, so it's important to surround yourself with, with those kind of people um, because the people that are calling you names and stuff, those are the people that are insecure and just trying to bring you down. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm very grateful that my mom sort of allowed us to sort of, you know, explore all those different mm-hmm. options, um, uh, because we, um, you know, we all kind of landed on different things. I, I was more the athlete and the tomboy, um, and my sisters were more girly and into like other, other things. Um, so yeah, I think it, it definitely helps to, um, like I said, explore those options. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I feel like a lot of people don't really get that opportunity to explore all those different things. And I know that um, even my sister, she's like, dang, you know, I wish I would have stayed in band. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. And I'm like, I did everything I wanted to do and I was happy about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it it was great. It was mm-hmm. really, really great. And I have amazing memories of high school mm-hmm. and middle school and, you know, having fun. You have a lot of great messages that you speak out now in your, in your daily work. And one of the things you talk about is when you realized you had a, a moment growing up of when all mm-hmm. of a sudden you realized that you might be different. You felt yeah. different. Talk about how you yeah, talk that about was, the messages. <clears throat> that was pretty hard. Um, so every summer, my mom and dad would um, basically force us to go to my grandma's house, uh, which is fine. But when I was in like third grade, that's when I started to get like a lot taller and like a little more chubby than my friends and my sisters. And I remember going to her house one summer and, you know, she asked us, oh, what do you guys want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do with your life? And, you know, when you're little, it's probably something really random that you'll probably never end up doing, but it's still (laughs) cool to think about. Um, So my my grandma asked me and I was like, and at that point I was obsessed with horses. I like loved horses so much and all I wanted to do was be a horseback rider. Mm. Um, So I told her that and she was like, well, you know, you can't do that. And I was like, well, why not? You know, like my my mom and dad had never once said um, had never once said anything about um, you know like you you can't do that because of this or you know there's you know something in you that that will basically make it so that you can't do that um sorry this is kind of hard to no, talk about this is kind of hard to talk about I haven't talked about it for no. a minute so I'm like oh my no. gosh the feelings don't, are don't bubbling worry, up the feelings yeah, are bubbling well it hit me when I read about it because I'm like what a strong message you're saying because I yeah. you know because we all do hear it from some you know yeah so. and I think this is relatable I think everybody at some point yeah. hears a comment like this mm-hmm. and they're like wait a minute what like I I didn't know that I couldn't do this um so yeah so I told my grandma and she said 
Um, you know, you you probably can't do that because you're too big. You're too big to ride horses. And in my mind, I was like, what the heck? Like, I've never, nobody's ever told me that. So pretty much from that point on, I was extremely conscious about it. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I am, I, you know, like I am bigger than my sister. Oh, wait, I am a lot taller than my friends. Um, and, and in my mind, that was a problem. That was an issue. Um, anybody looking at that would be like, no, like you're fine. You're, you're Mm -hmm. in third grade. Like you're, you know, you're different than everybody else. That's totally fine. Um, you know, but when you're told that at at such a young age, you don't know any different. And like I said, I think everybody has some sort of relatable moment, whether, you know, somebody says, oh, you're not smart enough to do that. You're Mm -hmm. not tall enough to do that. And even when I was playing basketball, I got told you're not tall enough to play in college. You know, you're not fast enough. You're not this enough. Like to somebody, you're never going to be that enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's very relatable. Everybody, like I said, has some sort of moment like that where something triggers in their mind and they're like, wait a minute, like I've never been told that. And they start to doubt themselves Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, so pretty much from, I would say like third grade, like at that moment, third grade to probably like sixth or seventh grade, I was like really self-conscious about it and like really noticed that I was, you know, a lot taller and a lot bigger than my friends. Um, and it was really hard because all my sisters are like five foot and really tiny and I'm like five ten and like, you know, a size 12, 14. So I'm like, literally what, mm. like what happened in the genes there uh, <laughs> to make me like this and them like that. And mm. I wanted to literally be them for so long. And then, um, I think what kind of changed that was when I was in high school, um, basically basketball and sports kind of changed that because I would always get picked first to be on the team because mm-hmm. I was I was good. I was really good. And people wanted me to be on their team because they would win if I was on mm-hmm. their team. And I was like, wait a minute, like, this is an asset. This is something that is is great that people like and that is, you know, really beneficial and on, on this team. Um, so I think playing sports really helped me to realize that because, you know, if you think about it, in you know sort of an easy way if if everybody was you know five foot and tiny no team would be good whether that's a soccer team a basketball team you know whatever team you're thinking about teams need all different types of bodies all different types of people Mm -hmm. um and that's the only way they can be successful and sort of realizing that I was like wait a minute like this this is not a problem at all I was I don't know what my grandma was talking Mm -hmm. about but I'm fine I was like this is great and I and I think also that comment sort of motivated me. I was like, you know what? Um, if people say I'm not going to do something, I'm going to show them 10 times over that, you know, there's nothing that can stop me. So from then and then I think in like my freshman or sophomore year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this this basketball team to, to, to the state tournament because I had never been there. So I worked my butt off like every single summer, you know, going to personal training, going to all these different, you know, events to get better my senior year we finally went to state so Mm -hmm. I was like see I was like you know you can put in the work you can you can do whatever it is that you want to do um again I think it's hard because if it's it's hard to not sort of listen to the side chatter and the people that Mm -hmm. are telling you that you can't do things it's really really hard especially when people keep telling you that but um you know staying focused on that goal and just you know knowing that it's something that I really love to do Mm -hmm. helped me a lot Mm -hmm. and you know sort of helped me to get over that hump of sort of you know, self-doubt and, you know, thinking that there was something wrong with the way that I was just because of how I looked. Yeah. People don't realize how when they say things like that, that it does, it plants that seed and it just can grow the self-doubt. But I love, I do think that's one thing I love about sports is I think Mm -hmm. you can find your confidence in there. And when you're on that court or that field or whatever, I feel like that stuff is just gone. You don't think about those people, you know, like you're just in it and it just 
free, yeah, freeing. It really is a different world. And I think also that's how I felt about bands, too, because nobody cares about what you look like in band. They just care if you can play your yeah. instrument good, you know? So I, I think band also helped as well, but especially sports, you know, mainly because they needed somebody tall and strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was able to, you know, fit that mold. But, yeah, whatever size, whatever you look like, um, you know, whatever you're into, whether it's sports, whether it's art, whether it's band, all those things can sort of, you know, bring bring about that confidence, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and it just happened to be sports for me. Well, you've kind of brought this all together, like your bubbling personality, oh, your modeling, that you also are an advocate for women in STEM, which yeah. is science, technology, engineering, and mm-hmm. mathematics. But you put this in now into your own show. Talk yes. about your show on Twitch. Deep yeah. Dive! Yes, Deep Dive with <laughs> okay. Darren. It's on uh, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Refinery29 Twitch channel. So how this sort of happened was um, I was working with um, a different media company, and they were trying, you know, kind of toying around with the idea of having like a science segment with me. Um, And then my friend who actually works at Refinery, she, um, you know, she noticed that Twitch was sort of this big sort of black hole, if you will, of content creators. And, you know, there's a lot of viewers. I I think still it's like the number one, um, you know, streaming platform. Mm -hmm. Um, And at first it started out with just gamers. So, you know, if, if you'd go on there, you could watch people play video games. Um, But now it's sort of morphed into you can go on there and watch anybody do anything. So there's people that are painting. There's people that are doing like different art. There's people that are, um, you know, writing songs on there and and performing them. Um, And there's people that are just doing talk shows, too. So my friend was like, okay, I'm going to try to tap into this like, you know, this untapped Mm -hmm. source of um, viewers here. And so she created the Refinery29 Twitch channel and she asked me to do a science segment um, and one of my friends does a sort of like murder mystery type thing. <laughs> and then um, another girl does, you know, the typical gaming stuff. So we have, you know, something for everybody on there. But um, but yeah, so it sort of started like that. And um, we talk about a lot of different stuff on there. You say you cover science-based topics for millennial interest from climate yeah. change to the science of hangovers, coffee, and skincare. I want to hear about the science of hangovers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, so we... I, I try to cover a range of things that I think people um, would be interested in because I think sometimes people don't understand that science is happening all around us at all times of the day. Um, and if you just like stop and think about, well, wait, how does that work? Well, how does that work? How does coffee even keep me awake? Um, you know, how, how do I cure myself of a hangover? Do different alcohols give worse hangovers, which is actually true. There, there are these things. Um, I forget the actual name, but there's these toxins in, I think, like dark alcohol. Um, that basically, you know, are like, like so much more toxic than regular alcohol. And those things sort of like stay behind ev- even when your body is trying to metabolize huh. the other stuff out. So if you if you like to drink the darker stuff, keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so my whole thing was to sort of explain it in a way that even if you've never taken a science class in your life, you can understand. Because I think that is sort of um, a block that I see in in science is people are presenting it. And it's so confusing. Even mm-hmm. even me sometimes, like I've I've read scientific articles and I've had to write scientific papers. And sometimes I'm still like, wait a minute, what are you even saying? Like, can you just spell it out really yeah. easily for me so that I can get, you know, get the main message? So I want to basically be that sort of middleman and filter out all the jargon and give people a simple way to sort of digest interesting information. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we do really, really light stuff. And then... Um, you know, my little sister who uh, is studying environmental science, 
she's really a big advocate for climate change and climate change policy. So I had her on and I had her come on and talk about, um, you know, climate change and how how we can help and stuff like that. Um, this Tuesday, I'm having a girl who is a statistician come on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a girl who is um, a um, who is an aerospace engineer. So I, I try to find, and I usually find them on Instagram, I try to find different women in STEM um, to to come on because, I mean, even when I was in high school and college, there wasn't a lot of girls in my classes. Um, so, you know, a- along with me doing the show, having different people come on that are in different sectors of, of the science world, hopefully somebody will watch it and be like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, I can't believe she's an aerospace engineer. Like, how, how can I even do that? Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping to also motivate people um, you know, to to show them that, you know, they can do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of different women that are out there in the STEM world. And if they can do it, you can too. What have you loved most of kind of bringing your knowledge to now the Twitch format? Um, <laughs> you know what, that's a good question. I think, um, I think trying to find ways to explain really complicated topics in an easy to digest format, I feel like that's the most fun for me. Um, because, like that's that's how I am as a person. I'm really, really laid back. Um, and I I don't like, you know, all the extra noise and the jargon. So I think that's the most fun thing for me is trying to figure out ways and different metaphors that I can use, um, you know, to explain things like that's how I explain how coffee keeps you awake. Right. So there's these things in your brain called receptors and they're basically like a lock. OK, so there's these keys that, you know, when you put them in, they're the only ones that fit. OK. And um, these things uh, accumulate throughout the day and they make you tired. So when they get onto their receptor, they open up and they tell your body that you're tired. Caffeine fits in that receptor, but it doesn't open the lock, right? So Mm -hmm. it's it's a key that fits, but it doesn't open the lock. So it basically tricks your body into thinking that it's awake, um, which is why I feel that crash a little bit later (laughs) in the day. So yeah, so trying to figure out, you know, little Mm -hmm. metaphors like that, that it's like, oh yeah, I know exactly how that works in real life. Um, I love it. Yeah, trying to figure out things like that. Um, that everybody can understand, mm-hmm. um, because I think you know understanding science and um, and also just understanding how how important it is in the world. Um, even if I can get somebody excited about you know coffee or mm-hmm. you know the drink they had last night, that's that, that's a win for me because that's mm-hmm. one more person that's like thinking about it in their brain. Yeah, I think it's fascinating because I think you're right. The way science is presented a lot when you're younger, yeah. you do like sometimes if it's over your head or you're not yeah. sure. But like it's fascinating. I've, I've watched your show and to hear yeah. the way you, you break it down and in a fun way yes. and with fun little videos and pictures and exactly. stuff you know behind. <laughs> yeah, Love exactly. Got to have a couple visuals. I'm I'm definitely a visual learner, so yes. I'm like, okay, gotta. Have have some pictures because mm-hmm. I can't learn without pictures. And I know there's other people out there like that. They can't mm-hmm. learn without photos. So mm-hmm. got to yep. have those in there. Well, another wonderful thing. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to talk about um, you're also going to be in Shrill coming up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about that. Yeah. Huge so, project. Yes. Yeah. So Shrill came out um, a little earlier this year in May. And it's basically a story about a girl who happens to be plus size. And she's just trying to, like, you know, navigate her way through the world. But the world is constantly reminding her that she's overweight. Um, so it's basically her story, and, and the main star is A.D. Bryant. So my scene, I got to work with her. This is the first acting thing mm-hmm. I've ever done. So I was, like, terrified, first of all. But also, she's incredibly amazing. Um, and the scene that I'm in um, is kind of the pivotal part in the first season where, um, you know, she comes into this pool party where it's all, all these different types of women that are wearing bikinis. Um, and she's like, oh, my gosh, everybody's fine with themselves. They're not, you know, trying to cover yeah. up. They're just enjoying themselves. And, you know, she she's covered up at that point. She's like, you know, I don't really, f- 
you know, I don't really feel comfortable. So my character sort of brings her over to the dance floor. Um, and that's where she sort of, you know, starts to unleash and starts to, um, you know, just starts to not care what anybody thinks mm-hmm. about her or her body. So um, it's a really, really great show. And it's very binge worthy because each each um, episode is, I think, only like 20 to 25 mm-hmm. minutes. And there's six episodes for the first season. Um, so it's very binge worthy. If you guys haven't watched it, it's amazing. I would highly suggest that I think... Um, you know, even if you have never struggled with, you know, being overweight, um, I think everybody has, you know, somewhat at some point in their lives struggled with something that has to do with body image. Um, and if you have, then you can definitely relate to the mm-hmm. um, main character of the show. And such a great project. I mean, it's got like powerful names like behind this, you know, Lord Michaels, you know, Saturday yeah. Night Live and Elizabeth Banks has ha- have been part of it. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's a the, great show. Yeah, director from... Um, from Portlandia, right? Yeah, yeah and another yeah. one from um, Glow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, I love Glow. So yeah, it's, it's a great show, mm-hmm. and it's so great that it was actually recently just renewed for season two. Right. So, um, yeah, it's a really, really amazing show. I h- highly suggest it, not just because I'm in it, but because <laughs> it has a really, really great message. Yeah. And it's really funny, too. It's so funny, um, and it's so clever. So, yeah, definitely watch that if you guys haven't watched that yet. <laughs> All right. Well, before I let you go, I'm going to do a quick game. Okay. Um, just short questions. You can, you know. All right. I'm ready. So this is called The Deep Dive with Darren. Oh, no. All right. So what's the biggest risk you've ever taken? The biggest risk I've ever taken was probably packing up my car with my dog and moving to L.A. Your dog is so cute, too, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah, he's cute. He's, cute. he's <laughs> what's too his much. Name? Wally. Wally. Yes. Cute. <laughs> I love it. Uh, when was the last time you were scared? The last time I was scared, um, you know what? That's a great question. Uh, I was a little bit nervous coming into the interview today just because I didn't really know what to what to expect. That's probably lame. Um, but probably the like the last time I was scared was before my last exam in nursing school, which was a couple weeks ago. So And this wasn't scary, right? No. Pain-free. <laughs> good. Pain-free. Okay. Right. What's a goal you want to accomplish? Um, a goal I want to accomplish is uh, become a nurse practitioner. Yes. Your go-to pick-me-up song. Go-to pick-me-up song? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I really like Shake It by Metro Station. It's so old school. <laughs> What's a sport that you have not played yet but would like to learn or try? Um, let's see. A sport that I have not played but would like to try. I would love to uh, become somewhat good at tennis. I That's one sport I didn't try when I was younger. And Serena Williams makes it look amazing and yeah. so fun. So that's definitely something I'd like to try. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. My dad was a tennis coach and we never played it. Oh and my gosh. And now I'm like, that's the one that's kind of a lasting one too. You yes, know, like yes, you, you can play like that for, you know, long pretty time. much as long as yeah. you can. Yeah. Are you a golfer? <laughs> No. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Yeah, I will just say no. I'll just say no on that. All right. Last question. What is something that your fans would be surprised to know about you? Oh, man. Uh, I think people would be surprised. I think people are always surprised when I tell them that I play video games. I love playing video games. I have a PS4. Um, Yeah. So that's that's definitely something people are surprised about when I tell them. What's your favorite game? My favorite game right now is Assassin's Creed. (laughs) If you guys know what that is, um, then you know. (laughs) But yeah, Assassin's Creed is my favorite right now. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you're fantastic. I just uh, tell everybody where they can follow you and anything you have coming up next, if there's things they can look out for. Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is Darren, my first name, D-A-R-O-N dot Alana, A-L-A-N-N-A. Um, my, let's see, my Twitter, I think is Darren frickin' Dean. And then, um, I'm on Refinery29's Twitch channel doing Deep Dive with Darren every Tuesday at 5 p.m. You can find that at twitch.tv slash refinery29. Um, let's see, those are my socials. Um, anything coming up every, 
I mean, every Tuesday I have my I have my show, and that's that's kind of like my main focus right now, um, other than you know doing random modeling jobs. So mm-hmm. definitely um, check me out on Tuesday. It's great because it's it's really dynamic. You can make an account and then you can chat with me live. That's what I love. Yeah. Is it's it's really interactive. So make an account and chat with me. Um, you know, let me know that you saw me on here so I can say hi to you. <laughs> <laughs> make a whole night of it, guys. You can yes. watch her at five, then you can turn over and watch this at six. Oh my so gosh, you can have it's like meant two to hours, be. Right? It's Perfect. meant to high be. Five, <laughs> high five. All right, guys. Thanks again. Again, for watching this week. We will see you here again next week. Have a wonderful week. <laughs> Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.